We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. It's a True Faith podcast with me, Simon Campbell. Um, we are on Patreon, as you know, um, for as little as £3 a month if you want to hear this show ad-free. Um, today we are going to be talking about the the preseason signings we've had so far, Harvey Barnes in particular, Alex, uh, Alan St. Maximan, um, I am joined by Mark Greenstreet Carly. Good morning, Mark. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you. Steve Nord. Hey, mate. You all right? Hello. And Kyle Thompson. Hey, mate. You all right? Hi, lads. Uh, we're going to get straight into it. Lots to talk about. But before I do, I uh, just want to quickly mention the uh, live event we are doing at the Stand Comedy Club on the 10th of August. Uh, tickets are going fast. Uh, small number left. Get in there quickly. It's going to be classed with all the usual journalists who've uh, made that lineup um, and some really good nights at the Stand. So another one coming 10th of August. Get in there quickly. Um, right lads, Harvey Barnes, it still hasn't been done as we speak, uh, the deal isn't over the line, but it's getting very close. I want to get each of your thoughts, um, in no particular order, on how you feel about the Harvey Barnes signing, um, what you think of the player himself. Mark Cowley, I'll start with you. Um, it's a very good signing, I think. It's a player with bags of bad experience already in the Premier League, um, and He's coming to his peak of his career, really. He's 25 now. Um, he's done very well with Leicester, over the, improved season on season. He's a very much different player. He's the opposite player to kind of what ESM brings to the side. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's come off a season where, obviously, disappointing season for Leicester overall. But for season individual performance-wise, 
His numbers are very, very good. Um, 13 goals, obviously three assists within there. But yeah, I'm, I think it's a very good sign. Obviously, I know we're going to go into more detail about why we're signing them. But yeah, very, very happy with it. Stephen? I think he's um, exactly the type of player we've previously looked at up, up playing for the opposition and thought we need that type of player. Someone who scores goals um, when the team maybe isn't playing well. He scored a lot of goals in a team that was relegated last season. He's not... Um, He's not got bags of like pace and ability to beat a person like Alan St. Maximan did, as Mark alluded to. But I think probably the biggest thing that we get with him is he's got an output and a final ball as well that goes to make him an even more exciting prospect. And he'll offer us something completely different. He's a bit like Anthony Gordon in that um, he's offered us something that we don't have. And he also replaces other wingers, Ryan Fraser, who maybe aren't likely to play for us again in the future with a similar skill set. Yeah. I, I think for me it, it, as well, he's a like he's good off the ball too. Like in Brendan Rodgers' team a couple of years ago when they used to press high and have a good counter-attacking base, Harvey Barnes was instrumental to that. And I think you look at how Eddie Howe wants to set up his teams, it's, it is it it is a very good Eddie Howe-like signing. Um, so yeah, I'm all, I'm all for it, uh, bringing it on next season. Yeah, um, Alex was meant to be doing this podcast, but is not well this morning, so I'm covering for him. But he has sent me his notes, so I was gonna, um, I was gonna pass these off as my own, but I won't. Uh, he he said that he thinks that Barnes is a is a very how player, like it's it's as if Eddie Howe was allowed to build his own player. You know, bags of pace, lots of pressing, one twos, quick crosses. He's perfect for the, the Eddie Howe mold, and there's a very small amount of kind of. I'll call it negative noise, just on social media really kind of suggesting that, oh, we could, could we not be getting better players for the Champions League? Like, he's not quite in the same mould as Tonali, but I think he's a really good good signing for us. And as you say, Cowley, 13 goals, yes, in a side that got relegated. You know, that's that's a really good 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 return. Um, and yeah, I'm very excited about about a, a player with, with a much higher, um, higher return uh, in terms of goal contributions because there's one thing that we lack from other, anything other than our two strikers is goals. Uh, we don't get enough goals from any other position in the pitch. Uh, Joe Linton started to add goals to his game towards the end of last season, but realistically, um, a player that adds firepower is exactly exactly what we need. Um, any other any, any other thoughts on on um, on Barnes's kind of <laughs> potential here, lads? Well, it'd be interesting to see how the left hand side works when Barnes comes in, presuming that he does play on the left hand side. It'd be interesting to see what happens because we've had the Joe Linton kind of Willock tip tandem, but we've also never really or other people seem to think we need another left-back to come in to settle that side. And it'd be interesting to see what happens in terms of the dovetailing between a left-back and, and Barnes and what that actually offers going forward. Yeah, all right. Um, this has been a very short part one of the show. Um, we'll, we'll get into more detail in part two, but there's some quick adverts to come now. Um, I'll be right back. Yes. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Part two of the show, then we're going to get into how this Harvey Barnes signing uh, will look in terms of Newcastle United, where it puts us, what uh, the signing means for the club. So lads, again, back around the table. Um, what is is this a next level signing for Newcastle? So um, you know we're, we're in the Champions League this season, and that is one of the questions around our summer transfer business. Is it going to be enough to um, have us compete on that level? Um, I'll come back around the table, Kyle. Is this a, a next level signing for Newcastle United? I think it is. Like you, you look at what we've got and what we've had. You mentioned in part one the the output. Our wingers aren't really doing that. I know Miggy had a had a good season in terms of in terms of like thirteen goals or, or whatever it may be, but. The chances of him replicating that, I don't know. Like, mm. I think Harvey Barnes is more of a is a, more of a safe bet. And to be honest, like, I know there's a couple of people that are saying it's not a very good signing. But for me, if he's called Harvini Barnio or Summit, like, he, he's got, they're going to be like, whoa, like, what an amazing signing. It's just because it's not a like a, like an amazing name with like. It, it that's literally what it comes down to. It's all Harvey Barnes. It's like, but in terms of output, in terms of what you'll bring to Eddie Howe's team, I fully back him to silence the hate very, very quickly. To be honest, yeah, I, I agree with that, Stephen. I think um, he's probably one of those people who you kind of think you've seen a lot of because he's been on match of the day every week. So, like, <laughs> if you don't if you don't see things, if you're not watching him yeah. week in week out, you maybe don't pick certain things out of him. Um, I think the one-two bit is really important because it's something that if you look at like, uh, the right-hand side, you've got Almiron, Trippier, Bruno, uh, Willick sometimes when he comes there, Sean Longstaff. They all play those little one-twos to get yeah. some space in the box to get inside it. And Isak often drifts over to the right when he can see they're about to do that. We've now got someone who can do it on the left as well, who can be go wide of the fullback, but also cut inside and look to play those one-twos inside. People have, I think, probably one of the most interesting conversations I had with a Leicester fan this week was about how what you won't appreciate is that he'll look like he's walking and all of a sudden he bursts it's a burst of pace to go past this man and the fullback isn't even looking at him so it's about making sure that in terms of next level signings when we mention it in the Champions League other fullbacks might not have seen him before other fullbacks might be fooled by this stop start nature and mm. the hard work and the pressing that he does I think will surely make it so that other right-backs aren't going to want to play up against him for large parts of the season. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more, couldn't agree more. Cowley, um, just like, in terms of Eddie Howe, what do, what, he, he seems to be quite keen on this deal, he seems very um, motivated by it. What do you think um, he is most, um, why do you think Eddie sees him as a, as, a, as a key signing? Well, what you mentioned before, it does seem like a Eddie Howe kind of signing, mm. um, not only going forward, but he's working it off the ball as well, as well, and his attitude kind of, it just seems like, compared to ESM, it's very kind of different to that. And I think just, he's obviously a different player in terms of he's not going to be that player who's going to do loads of step-overs, he's flair, he's trickery kind of player, but he's very effective in terms of what he's done. And you've seen that year on year, he's improved as a player. But if you look at his, look at his goals last season um, and the type of goals he scored, and it was, they were really good finishes. He showed a lot of composure in front of the goal. And I think one of the things I've said is when he's early career, one of the things he missed quite a few chances and he's learned from 
them doing that and he's worked on that through the years and he's obviously had a good coach and Brendan Rodgers doing that and if you look at his goals not only like he just composure in front of the goal he's the right place kind of right time um he, he can like I say take on a player if need to he has got a bit of pace burst of pace as well but it's just these finishes are really like clean technique tracks really if, if you look at them but both feet as well um it's not just a case if you cut on his right he's happy to go on his left um there's a few occasions where you can turn and hit his left foot as well so if you look at that output as well and something that we were missing in games last season we were those games where we drew last season if you look at the likes of your West Ham your your Leeds um Palace Bournemouth your Palace yeah. Bournemouth even kind of Arsenal before we I know we didn't play that well but we still had chances to start that game man you I know we won but the amount of chances we had in them games and some of these draws could have been put into wins yeah. from from his finishing and like I say 13 goals he got last season is a, it's a great output for a team that that didn't do so well so and again what Stephen said with the one twos that's how he's done so well with them and you just think at how well Amaron and Bruno have linked up last season you just think right this season if Bruno's a bit higher up the pitch as well um can he do the same thing so and I think it's just a case of Maxi's a lot of time held on the ball too much but he just I think release it go give and go and if we can work that effectively this season you just hope he even gets even more <coughs> contributions this season yeah, it's an interesting one, the, the kind of link-ups on, on the right-hand side, because like you're absolutely right, Stephen, we've got quite a few uh, little partnerships and triangles that have developed there. But the left-hand side, it's changed quite a bit over the last season. So you had periods where it was kind of Joe Linton and Willock, and that interchangeable um, two worked very well. Dan Byrne doesn't get forward that much. The fullback doesn't contribute a huge amount to that. Like you say, Bruno tends to link up with Miggy more, and he, he works towards the right-hand side of the pitch, as does Sean Longstaff. So we get a bit, we get a bit lopsided. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if this is a player that can kind of develop some more of those uh, relationships on that side of the pitch. Um, but equally, there's been times when you've had Isaac and Maxi in the same team and there was that link up there as well. So it's a, it's an interesting dynamic and we absolutely need to be more than one dimensional. So it's, it's a huge, a huge thing there. Um, Dodsy's thoughts um, are that um, it's, it, it gives us huge strength on the bench um, because it's going to be him or Gordon or, or Joe Linton. You know, there's, there's three people that are potentially fighting for one position. So there's, a huge incentive for those players to work really hard and, and, and really add to this team. But yeah, um, I think one question I've got for any of you lads, uh, I don't know who wants to answer it, is will he start against Aston Villa? Assuming he signs in the next couple of days and he gets into the preseason squad and plays those friendlies, does he start against Aston Villa? Stephen, you're shaking your head, so I'll let you answer. I, I don't think you will because uh, Eddie seems to like the bed people into the squad and then such a month. I mean, if he was to get four or five preseason games under his belt and look absolutely on fire off their injuries, then possibly, yeah, but... How do, I mean, Bruno, I think we only saw him for like seven, eight, then 15 mm. minute cameos when we came. We saw how good he was, but how was convinced? No, he's got to bet his way into the side. Um, and I think probably he's looking at it, Barnes is looking at it, and how was looking at it is like, I can make you an even better player than what you are, but I need time on the training ground to make that happen. And those relationships that we're talking about, that link up play with if it's Dan Byrne, if it's Matt Target, if it's another left back. And we seem to have a lot of them, but maybe we need another one. Um, <laughs> if they can be uh, cemented on the training ground, then I think that's really important because then when you get into the team, you won't see a kind of stop-start nature. A bit like, you know, when Anthony Gordon first came off against West Ham, he played that one absolutely brilliant ball through to Callum Wilson, who unfortunately didn't score from that chance. But even then, Gordon was held back. It was mm. like, no, you're not you're not starting next week. You're not getting 90 minutes straight away. That's, that's one thing you need to work your way into our team. Yeah, I think the only player who's... Uh only big signing we've made under Eddie Howe that came straight in the team has been Isaac and he only we signed him because Wilson got injured and he had to play and then he got injured as well so his 
journey into that first team took a while as well. But yeah, certainly Bruno, Botman, um, definitely they, they were bedded in quite slowly. Um, it's it's an interesting one. Um, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about that kind of midfield then, about how where where Barnes does fit into it because it, it is a question mark now. What what is that? What does that left hand side look like? Or what does that front three look like? Um, do, do we assume that Joe Linton will? I mean, I I, I personally think that Tonali doesn't walk straight in the team as well. I mean, he's a, a different breed and he's he's already played against Rangers. So you think he's going to get the full preseason? He might be there, but for me, I don't see how um, how how doesn't just stick with the, the tried and tested Longstaff, Willick, Bruno, Joe Linton, like three, then, then Joe Linton on the left. Does anyone disagree? Um, or does anyone have any other thoughts about how we might line up against Aston Villa? Well, Aston Villa were one of the teams that they like, give were good tannin last season. Mm. Uh, that was one of the low points of last season. So if he keeps it the same, is it is it a case of repeat? Because they've, they've really improved this summer. I think Aston Villa in terms of like, Transfer windows have had probably the best of, it, of the league so far in terms of who they've managed to bring in and who they could bring in. But um, f- for me, um, hot Barnes wouldn't start. Um, I think Gordon will because I think Gordon's in in a good, rich vein of form right now. He's playing well. He's just came off the European Championships and he, he, he looks and he scored at the last game of last season as well. Um, so I think he'll go with Gordon, but... It depends if they want to play Barnes or Gordon on the right-hand side because both are capable. But for me, I think Gordon would start. Who who do you drop then? For for, for Gordon, assuming Gordon starts? Um, <laughs> it's, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I it's, think it'll be Miggy. I think it'll what? be... Sorry, I think it'll be... If he, if he starts Gordon, I think he starts Gordon on the right. He's stuck on the left. Wilson through the middle. If, yeah. I think, if it's against Aston Villa, because I think he'll go for it. I think he'll say... Last time they caught us out because we didn't just press from the start. And they, I think it was like after about 10 minutes, they'd had about three shots on target and they were flying at us. I think he wants them to feel the same from us, like that high intensity, high press going back the other way. I'll, I'll be surprised if he does Isak on the left. I don't really want it to happen either, to be honest. Yeah. So I, I want him through through the middle. Uh, but just, I agree on your both your points in terms of um, with Barnes, in terms of not starting. Yeah might go with Gordon kind of first game and how we've done with many players bed, the, bed them in but I think once he does that I think you want to, him to be kind of if you were looking down like 10 games down the line a bit more he's our kind of starter on the left when we're looking at the team beforehand and out like thinking who's going to start we want that Harvey because Harvey Bond's not in the same kind of like in terms of Gordon he's, he's a bit younger in terms of he hadn't had the experience but Bond's you're coming into who had what he's five, six years in the Premier League and he's playing most games as well. So it's not a case of where he hadn't had his experience coming in um, and it's not as kind of young as Gordon. So I think, and I, I haven't really seen him if he's played much on the right as well. I've just seen a lot of his goals seem to come from that side as well. Yeah. So if anyone's going to play on the right side of midfield, I would have thought Gordon more than Barnes, to be honest. Yeah, um, you're right about Barnes. Surprisingly for such a young player, he has got a decent amount of experience. He's played a lot of games in the Premier League. He made his debut for Leicester in the Champions League oh, uh, all those years ago. Um, so yeah, he's, he's got he's got Champions League experience. That's the kind of play we're going for, Champions F- League pedigree. 15 minutes of uh, when they're getting to be 5-0 <laughs> yeah. off Porto, wouldn't it? But it's... No, 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 we don't, we don't, we don't <laughs> talk about that. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting one. I, I do personally think that Howe will, will stick with the tried and tested lineup. but you're right to point out, Kyle, that the last time we played Aston Villa, we got a bit of a humbling. Um, Gordon started that game and got absolutely dominated by Ashley Young um, against Villa, but um, that was a very different Anthony Gordon. We've seen 
what Tim getting himself in shape this summer looks like. He was class for England. He's looked very sharp against Rangers. He was very involved and, and set up one of the goals. Um, and yeah, he, he looked decent against Chelsea last game of the season. And so yeah, we we keep kind of forgetting that he is the other part of this puzzle. Um, we're talking about whether or not uh, two two signings so far, assuming Barnes gets done very quickly, um, is enough. But Gordon certainly counts as a third signing for me, really. It's very Pardew-esque to talk about. It's like a new signing, but it, it is. The, I think you're allowed to say that here because... We didn't see the real Anthony Gordon back in last season. And he, by his own admission, which was the absolute perfect way to put it, is he knew his levels weren't, weren't at the right at the right fitness. So um, it's a really interesting debate. Uh, I think Joe Linton starts on that left for me. Um, just because of the goals um, he was putting away in, in April time. He, he got four or five goals in April. He was, he was on fire. He was setting up stuff. He was pretty much driving the team forward. I remember when we were um, 1-0 down to Brentford, I think. And Joe Linton just grabbed that game by the scruff of the neck and, and just took us through. He was absolutely electric against uh, West Ham away. We smashed them. I just think he, if and again, he hasn't played for us in preseason yet because he's had a bit longer off. Um, if he's fit, Joe Litton's straight in that position and it's his to lose because there's a lot of competition there now. Um, Barnes, if, if he if he comes in, he, he comes in slowly, I agree, but I also think he will play 30, 40 games because he's experienced. He's a young lad. Um, he absolutely, and this is a, another one of Dodzy's thoughts, he's absolutely fits the no dickheads rule because he doesn't seem that kind of play. He's just very focused, very football driven. And um, yeah, I'm excited for this signing. And I think it's one of the last pieces of the puzzles. You mentioned uh, fullbacks and that's the other the other conundrum to, to solve for the club. But in terms of attack and players, I think that gives us just about what we need to, to um, you know, maintain our Premier League form and, and go for the top four again, play in Europe and also have a bit of a, another couple of cup runs. So I'm, I'm very excited about this signing. I think... Um, it's as it's absolutely what we need. I think any of the criticism is just kind of people who are dreaming of Mbappe's and, and silly signings that aren't going to happen. He won't be on silly wages. He'll be on you know, he'll fit the wage bill. He'll fit the fit the Eddie Howe playing style. He'll fit the mentality, and he's he's a player in a position that we need a bit more options for. So it's it's perfect. Um, and of course, we're going to be talking about why it's uh, it's uh, one of the positions where we need more options in a moment in part three of the show. So we'll be back after another few advertising messages. I'll remind you that you can listen to this show without these silly adverts uh, if you join us on Patreon for as little as £3 a month. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Part three of the show then, um, we are led to believe that uh, for Harvey Barnes uh, to come in, there has to be someone to go um, for financial fair play and many of the reasons. But the the story this week is that Maximan is in advanced talks uh, to leave the club and 
obviously very mixed views on it across the fan base. Some people love him. Some people are heartbroken. There's debates about whether the transfer fee is too low. Um, but lads, um, what? I don't know who wants to go thoughts. Uh, go first on their thoughts on on Maxi leaving. Stephen, you, 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 your eyebrows are twitching. Go on. Wh- wh- where are you on this? Uh, where's your heart on this? Well, I think if two years ago people had told you that Max is going off somewhere for 20, 25, 30 million pound, whatever, you probably would have been absolutely devastated because two years ago you would have thought, right, well, that's any chance of us doing anything and even staying up, probably disappearing out of the window. Um, one of the issues we've got now is that the rest of the squad's moved on and what the fan base remember, the 2019 to 2021, we haven't really seen since Eddie Howe came in. We've seen it in flashes. We've seen little bits of it. The Man City home game last season, I thought he was, that was peak Alan St. Maximan. Mm. Everything he did, every turn, every pass, there was more of them than there normally is. And made a sign that he really wanted to buy into the system. And he scored that excellent volley against Wolves, which I don't think anybody else on the pitch in a black and white shirt that day would have scored. We're in white, but would have scored that goal. Um, I think it's really about where we are now. Um, how many times can you get frustrated by someone stopping to pull up their bandages when they're supposed to be tracking back to mm. pick up? But how many times can you, I mean, we discussed it just before, but the idea of doing uh, six or seven step overs and then the ball not moving and nobody getting the beat. <laughs> um, and, you know, it looks really good on the cameras, but actually what does it do? Um, I think Max, Max will probably fit into that group of people where French wingers seem to be absolute marmite in Nicassi United, you know, Ginola, Robert, um, and now we can add Ben Arthur, I suppose, a little bit. And now we can add You're Maxi forgetting Oh, sorry, yeah, for Tovan. Um, <laughs> Remy Cabela. Um, I think uh, I think they, they do seem to be. I mean, people are saying that, you know, we shouldn't be getting rid of him for the price. Well, let's look at what Man City got for Riyad Mahrez. Like, it wasn't that much more than what we're being quoted that Maxi's moving for. And I think we have to be... Um, aware that market value, eyes, whether we like it or not, eyes will be all over the fact that we're selling a player to a PIF-owned club, not anyone else. Um, and that that probably is going to cause some issues on Twitter. Um, but the reality is, is that we're, get, we're losing a player who for two years was really, really good, probably our best player, along with Callum Wilson for two years. Mm. But the rest of the squad's moved on. And I haven't seen, and I don't know about anybody else, but I haven't seen signs that he's fully bought into the Eddie Howe process of intensity being the thing that we're going to live by um, because I've, I've seen a lot of Instagram videos of running up hills but I've not really seen anything that makes me go like right yeah they're, they're, that's the graph that we're looking for from your Maxi uh. yeah we got that all last summer didn't we the, the Maxi he's in training he's running up some Greek island hills um, you know got a two minute video on Instagram and God knows what he's doing the rest of the time playing cards or doing something daft but um, yeah th- th- that fitness has never really translated onto the pitch and, and last season in particular bar a handful of really really good games which we can talk about obviously um there's something something just left to be desired uh, about Alan St. Maximan. And um, uh, Craig Hope reported recently that uh, last season we tried to sell him and we only got a bid of like 20 million from Spurs and that wasn't enough to, to justify selling him at that point, especially to a Premier League rival. Um, it makes you start to think, and Carly will come to this, is, is he just not as good as we thought he was? Was his kind of period under Steve Bruce when we were so shit <laughs> that made him stand out more when actually when we're good, you realise he's not, all he's cracked up to be, or am I being a bit harsh there? Um, I understand what you're saying. That I think we'll have fond memories of of ESM, just especially kind of the dark days of Bruce, really, um, because it was pretty much tactics: everyone behind the ball, and then give Maxi the ball and to to run and try and do something really alongside mm. Wilson. Um, so it was kind of one of those times where the only thing you got excited was to kind of see him play. 
But then, yeah, if you look at kind of this season, he started off well. And this is the thing with him. It's just consistent, which you feel like you're going to get more from, from Barnes than what you have from him, really. So you'll have like two, three good games, maybe. And then he'll underperform or more, more than likely he'll get injured. And that's just been like kind of his season. This like the last probably kind of couple of years, really. Um, I mean, on his day, he's unstoppable. And as you said, alluded to like the Man City game, that Arsenal game last game of the season, the year before. Um, Man U at home. Liverpool. Mm. Liverpool is one of them where it's probably gone back to kind of Bruce days and because we had down to 10 men really kind of thing where it was, we were obviously <laughs> playing against the Liverpool side with 11 men and was kind of, was at that point give Max the ball a little bit yeah. and, and he, he played really well that game, but that was kind of maybe what the old school kind of Max he was. But um, I just, yeah, it just, that's the thing. He's just having got momentum. He hasn't got them game times. And and you look at that, was it West Ham game where even at that point, I think if people say sell him, everyone would probably, a lot of people are saying James that day, like, yeah, let him go. Like, he's just frustrated, frustrated people that day. I mean, yeah, it's just maybe is he just a really good player for, I say, an average side? Am I being yeah. harsh, kind of say? Is he just kind of that big player, little kind of. That pond, um, where when he's now playing with like more elite and we're getting better and better, he just, yeah, he just doesn't ever feel like a Eddie Howe player, does he? He just does, it never feel like when he came in and, and how he sets a team that he was ever gonna, he's always done a little bit in terms of commitment, but it's just, he's never gonna, I feel it's never really gonna work with him. Yeah, 100%. For me, the, all those games you mentioned, you, you thought, is this the new Max Man? Like, especially that Man City game. Uh, Liverpool was very much old school. Give it to Maxi. He's he's getting marked out of the game by four or five players because the other team identify him as well. As long as you keep him quiet, they're not going to score. Um, and then there's the Man U home game as well, where he was he was played out of his skin, unbelievable. And every single time you think, is he going to kick on now? And he'd either get injured, which is bad luck, and then kind of not not be able to get fit again, or you just have a stinker the next week and drop out the team. I was just going to say about the output as well. It's one goal last season. Um, 12 starts he made and you just you look back last season you think has there games been where Maximan we didn't win the game because of Maximan like have you won the game because of Maximan and it's mm. it's not really he's hardly had some really good games in there but when our good spells he wasn't really involved as, as such really in them games so if you look at kind of again I'm, I'm making the comparison to Bond but Bond's over the four years and Max, Maximan I think 12 gold in the league and he got 34 so the numbers wise and it's, it's one over Whatever, how many games last season? It's just the output, and we've said this in a few few of the shows this season. It's just it's not good enough. Yeah, the um the the one goal he did score was a very important one. You know, got us a point at Wolves with a with a goal <laughs> of the season candidate. So we'll we'll always remember oh. fondly for that. But uh, Kyle, I think you've always been a bit of a bigger fan of Maxi. So um, I, I believe I, I, yeah. you, you're not sure. So I'm gonna let you have your say here. Are you gonna miss him more than perhaps we're giving him credit? You know what? It's it, it's a it's a difficult one because for a for, under Steve Bruce, St. Maximan was probably one of the only reasons where it was worth watching Newcastle other, 100%, 100%. Than, other than absolute like chronic mental pain of watching <laughs> them under Steve Bruce. But I, I just feel like this Eddie Howe team's evolved so much since that obviously mm. Eddie took over. And I think it's just passed St. Maximan by a little bit. Um, where you where you look across the team of how many players have adapted so well, Longstaff and... Shane and all these players have, have really enhanced the games. Maxi hasn't, and it just isn't one of them. It, it, it is heavy-hearted because, like, I'd love to see him dribble past players in the Champions League than like they're not even there, but uh, 
I, I think it's just the right time. And I'll always remember fondly of the, the moments that he did give with um, in what was a terrible time to be a fan. But like at, at the same time, I think last season for the as many good moments as he gave were, there was, I'll never forget Crystal Palace at home in the League Cup. He stunk the place out. He was terrible. Um, or the amount of times he like, fakes an injury and you've got Dan Byrne against a quick wing on an overlap and he's fucked and it's just like <laughs> we're not going to miss that <laughs> like as much as I am going to miss Maxi I'm not going to miss him like hoying his arms up while Dan Byrne's like struggling with free players and that but like yeah it's a it, it, it's, it's a difficult one but I think it's ultimately the right decision for the team and I think that's what has to come first yeah I, I think Maxi Man is as never really adjusted to the fact that he stopped being the big fish. He was a big fish first season. And uh, I think it's Craig Hope uses this, uh, this phrase, but he was a bit of a cheat code under, um, under Steve Bruce. You're like he just got us out of the, out of trouble so many times and pretty much kept us up with, with the odd game where he just would play out of his skin and, and, and do the business because no one else could. Um, and I think he's never really adjusted to the fact that he's surrounded by players who are better than him now and who offer more and, you still kind of get that thing where you'll 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 beat two or three players and then make a bad cross or make a bad shot and like head and hands like oh like and it's like no Maxi you've missed your chance get yourself get your ass back and like you say there's this kind of the fake limp and the, the going down and pulling his socks and his bandages up and it's nah that that's not good enough anymore you can't do that anymore um and I don't think he's ever adjusted to that I don't want I don't want to go in too hard on him because like I say like like you said Cal he's been. He was a very important player for us and we might not have been where we were. Uh, we're not for him in terms of keeping us up under Steve Bruce. Very different picture of if that doesn't happen. Um, some very, very good games. And the weird thing is, is that, and, and this is probably a criticism of him actually, but big game player, always plays in the big games, always always turns up if it's televised, always turns up if it's a big top six game. And it makes you wonder if uh, for the, some of those Champions League nights, he might have been a, a big player as well in terms of wanting to show the world uh, what he is and get some nice clips for Instagram because that that always used to annoy me even if we lost the game Alan St. Maximan's Instagram was a, a 30 second clip of him beating a player in a game it's like it wasn't like we're, we're really gutted about the result we want to try harder and, and win next week it was look how well I played today like that's that's been his it was attitude. under Steve Bruce to be fair true, true, we got yeah. beat more often than not yeah, so. and, and yeah none of the players like that manager um, but yeah it's 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 a really um it's a sad story because it feels like a player that meant a lot to a lot of supporters who's probably going to go under a cloud and the fact that the fact that no one other than Spurs last season supposedly want him and that he's never really been we've never really been in danger of losing him to a good side probably speaks for itself no one's fancied a gamble on and no one else has really fancied oh you know what 30 million Maximani's going to improve our team because I feel like if 30 million had come in and at any time of the last two years he would have gone and it hasn't um, and now the only way to sell him is to is to ship him off to, to Saudi Arabia. And to be fair, I think that'll suit him because he will be a massive fish in a little pond. He'll get paid loads of money and he'll be able to turn up, piss around, skin a few players. Wear score, his headband. Wear his headband, score a few goals and then do an out for the rest of the game. And he'll get away with that because he'd be so much better than all his teammates. So I think that's probably going to suit him, ironically. I don't know about um, his, his little card game because I'm pretty sure gambling isn't allowed in Saudi Arabia. So I don't know how he's going to pursue that dream of his. But yeah, it, it's a... It's a nice debate. Um, yeah, uh, Dodzy's thoughts were pretty much, we've, we've covered it. Um, yeah, he, in, in all those big games, he played out of his skin, but he was, it was always followed by an injury or followed by a, a bad period. Stephen? I was just going to, I don't want to bring Wembley back up, but because I've tried to 
removed from the deep <laughs> recesses of my mind. But in 20 minutes, I think it was Dallow was playing it right, or one, was it one per second, and then Dallow came on. Whichever one it was, for the first 20 minutes, Maxi got the ball three times, ran at him and got him booked. Yeah. And then never ran at him again. The, yeah, Dallow had that, come and off. That, yeah, and, that, and that, that, to me, unfortunately, went against the best, best sides would probably sum up St. Max, as in, he can he can do the first bit really, really well. It's, can he take it the next stage? Can he really embarrass that lad and get him sent off? Like, and he didn't. And part of that's down the team. You've got to give him the ball in the positions to be able to do that. But with Bruce, he was able to pretty much say, I'll play there. I'll go and play. You want me to play on the left? Well, I want to play up front. So I'm going to go and do that now. And I'll get the ball and I'll run with it and I'll score a goal. And now you've got to pick me there. And I don't know if people remember, there was a lad that plucked from was it the Australian third division or something on trial who allegedly was like Maxi's best mate <laughs> and was brought in on like a six week trial to try and like keep Maxi sweet while he signed his new contract. Like that, that was Steve Bruce football. That club no longer exists. That club is thankfully uh, a long way in the rear view mirror. And po- possibly you look at someone like Joe Willock who came in on loan at the end of that time and has massively kicked on through it. And Maxi has pretty much stayed at the same Kind of level, yeah. I, I'd completely forgotten about that. Our only real chance in that cup final was was Maxi's chance, and again, if that goes in, he's probably remembered very differently, and, and his, his career path might go very differently because that probably gives him all all the confidence in the world, and he might he might stay in the team, he might be more inclined to stay fit. Um, it's a really tough one because yeah, he, he's had some big moments, and I've always thought that finishing has been his his, his downfall. He just he doesn't score enough. He, he, he lashes it past the post, he, he scuffs it a lot, he, he finds the keeper when he does all the hard work and then he doesn't finish it off. And like you say, Carly Barnes is the opposite. He might not be three men, but if you give him the ball in a decent position, he'll find the bottom corner, he'll find the find the back of the net and that's what we need right now. We need goals. We don't need near chances. We don't need, uh, oh, he played really well, he beat some men and, and, and entertained us. We've got some entertaining players now. We're all about results. We're all about winning football matches and that's, that's different. I think Maxi quite enjoyed the fact that the result didn't matter under Bruce. He could just play well and he'd get all the credit for being for being decent. But I kind of want to end this on a positive note, not a negative one. So I'm going to go around the table and ask for everyone's best memories of Anson Maxman. And this is assuming he goes, by the way, because as we talk, it could change. But Kyle, what's what your favourite Alan St. Maxman memory? Yeah, I've been I've been trying to think of like some of his best goals and, and stuff like that. Like I've, I've, it's not one of them things when you just go completely blank. It's not a, not a knock on Maxi. He's, he's had a lot of great moments. That might tell its own story, Kyle. <laughs> Is he actually any good? <laughs> um, for me, I, th- I think it's just more like, it, it's not a knock on him again. It's just like uh, like how how good he was off the field, helping the food bank and and stuff like that. He, was, he, see, he came across as such a humble person. Um, and, and probably still does. Um, but in terms of on the field, I'd probably say his performance against Man United uh, last season was was excellent. Um, or you could probably look at the the game against Burnley as an example where that first half against Burnley like haunts me dreams at night. It was it was horrific. And then Maxi comes on and just completely changes the landscape of the game. And if if it weren't for Maxi, we'd probably be championship not champions league so it's we've got a lot to thank maxi for for sure um but yeah i think he, he leaves newcastle with his head held high and and as the the uh, french mavericks if you will Ginola, robert and then maxi maxi doesn't put yourself above them too because they're they're class and maxi's just under their level of class but Maxi, big words. Maxi and as that conversation. He's better than Obertan, how are you? 
Yeah, uh, well, Kels just nicked mine because I was going to say that Burnley away game where he came on because I think under Bruce, I think it was 2021, I think we, at half-time in that game, I think everyone thought we were down. Like, if something didn't change, everyone thought we were down. Maxi came on, made one, scored one, and, like, completely, completely flipped the whole of that back end of that season. But there's also, there was a Burnley home game where he picked the ball up, I think it was on the halfway line, turned and ran at four people. And the Burnley defence crumbled and he just ran through them. And one of the few times when he was clinical and stuck it away, they were petrified of him with the ball at his feet. Now, maybe that alludes to what Mark said before about being a massive fish in a small pond, or, a, or a, sorry, you call it an average-sized pond. But like the, <laughs> um, the, uh, the fact is that defenders of a certain level don't want to defend against people like Maxi because he is too quick for them. He moves the ball when he does move it too quickly for them. Um, and I think that'll be my abiding memory is some defenders, when we were scrapping around relegation in important games, looked petrified every time he got the ball because they didn't know which way he was going. Uh, so yeah, that'll probably be it. Uh, yeah, I was going to actually mention the penalty call as well. So, um, but <laughs> There's not that many, is there? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, the two years of under Bruce is kind of removed from your memory, really. So I've, yeah. I've uh, blocked that out, so I can't remember too much from it. But uh, there's a couple of games, um, one this season, one season for Arsenal, last game of the home, last home game. I forgot who's playing right back for um, Arsenal. And he just, I think he had to go off after the 20 minutes. I think he said he had a hamstring injury. I forgot he was right back. I remember sitting down next to Ben at the time went, he'll go off. I watched it, he'll go off. And within about 10 minutes, he was off the pitch. And he was just, again, unstoppable that game. Uh, and then the other one I want to mention is Man City this season. We've talked about it. But Kyle Walker's one of the best, not the best kind of right back in this league for, for the last few years, really. And that day, he just, like I say, he can humiliate like defenders. And he did with Man City that day. He was just top class and they just couldn't couldn't deal with him and his end product was good that day as well um he did the right things at the right time and just everything about that performance you just wish you could have seen it just a lot more but that maybe sums up in terms of we mentioned big game players you could do that someone like like against the man city defenders who the best defenses kind of the season and then the next week you could you could have a stinker against a, a maybe not very good right back so that that kind of sums them up in a little way. But like I said, look, we've got very good memories of them where we could be, and you've mentioned where we could be without them in that side. And it was, in a way, sad to see him go, but like I said, it's, it's, it's the right time and the money we'll get for him. Um, like I say, he's the most saleable asset in the side as well. So, Yeah, the transfer fee itself is, is, is an unknown. It'll be undisclosed, obviously, but um, there's, there's this, this, this thing I do not understand, amortization which I'm sure uh, more uh, learned uh, financial fair play people can can go into more detail. And I'm sure there's been articles on the website about that. I'd, I'd, I'd point people to on that. But yeah, we, we, it works out really well for his financial fair play over several years by just selling someone who's been at the club for as long as he has been. And and the, the transfer fee itself isn't as important in that respect. But yeah, um, it was Tommy Yasu, the, uh, the Japanese right back for Arsenal, who was off after 39 minutes because yeah. he was having such a stinker. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't also have any specific memories of Alan St. Maximan. I think I've been one of his bigger critics over the years, uh, but I was also the, the most negative, angry man for two years under Steve Bruce, and I didn't really <laughs> give anyone any credit. And whenever we won a game, it was a fluke because it was a fucking fluke <laughs> under Steve Bruce. Um, but I do remember the um, the weird COVID end of season 2020 when we were playing behind closed doors and. He seemed to really relish that and he played really well in some of those games. And I think it was Bournemouth away, he scored and got three assists. Um, there was another one, I think we beat Southampton away, 1-0. Like, winning away games was a, was a novelty under Steve Bruce to begin with, but obviously with no supporters. 
but he seemed to stand out more when you were watching a game where there was no crowd noise and he wasn't kind of being sucked into that and he was just playing football and beating players and he seemed to be that was probably his best period for the club and like I said we stayed up and yeah beyond that lots of promise and never really delivered uh, is the way I would sum up uh, Alan St Maximan but he he won't be remembered badly I think a lot of fans would be very very sad to see him go um, and you know in an ideal world you keep him um, but we do need to do something in terms of we're trying to bring in players, but we haven't sold anyone for about two years. Like somehow got rid of Wooden Shelby. That's a miracle, by the way. <laughs> but um, there's no one else who's going off the books. We're talking about this off air before, you know, the likes of Hendrick, Hayden. No one's going to buy these players. So we need to sell somebody, uh, Steve. So yeah, I was just going to say, it's interesting. John Joe Shelby got the reaction he did being, uh, and his transfer being announced at halftime against Southampton. And uh, getting a standing ovation from 50,000 people. And you think what he contributed to Newcastle United, like it is a little bit unfair on Maxi that we're going to like show him out the side door at the end of the season. And he's not going to get that moment because um, like, you know, great servants of the club haven't got that, haven't necessarily had that moment before. And it is interesting we talk about Wood and Shelby where we're getting more money for both of them. But actually, are we, you know, is he that is he only five, 10 million pounds better than John Joe Shelby? I'd say he's a lot better. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure Nottingham Forest fans would say he's significantly better than John Joe Shelby as well. So it is a it is a bit weird that we're talking about this player who did this that for two years and they're just going to be kind of like see you later maxi bye yeah so. yeah I, I yeah you'll get a lot of uh, adulation on social media because he's a very active social media user and uh, I was at the uh, the Gateshead game in the home end so I, I, he got a little ovation on the way off there you know he played very well in fact we we played that entire game without any centre forward so him and uh, Elliot Anderson played up front for us that day and he was very good he scored so he got a little goal that was his little uh, testimonial Gateshead Gateshead away and that that's his send off but yeah I don't know. Um, we'll see if, if he goes off to Saudi Arabia you can't really see him ever come back to the Premier League can you so that that is the end of the Maxi story and it is a bit sad but um, yeah I don't I don't think we need to remember him negatively I don't think we need to be too critical of his time here he, he's very important for, for the reasons we've outlined and I think that the, the conclusion we've all come to there is that the team has just evolved so fast and we've got so much quality there and I don't think he, he has a clash with Eddie Howe, but he's not an Eddie Howe player. And Eddie Howe's very complimentary about him. Eddie Howe says he doesn't want to lose him. And I, I believe that he means that. He's not just saying it. But yeah, it, it's time for it to move on. And I think there's not many people who disagree with that. Um, and yeah, it's it's a positive thing. It, it's, it's you know, n- none of us are good to be losing Maximan. And that tells you how we feel about the rest of the team and, and where we're going. So it's probably a good way to end it, lads. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, as always, uh, this has been the True Faith Podcast. Um, thank you to Mark, Stephen and Kyle. Uh, we'll be back with loads more. The season is nearly upon us. Um, if you want to hear more of our patter, we are, of course, on Patreon. Last time I'll mention it, Charlotte is currently in the USA, so we'll be covering a lot of that um, pre-season. Uh, I'm going to call it nonsense, <laughs> but uh, there's a reason for it. Um, but yes, uh, Charlotte's out there doing that, and we've got loads more going on this summer uh, ahead of the new season. So thank you once more for listening. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.